Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Fibber, and with me again is Tom Foss. Hey, everyone. And today our guests are DreamWorks Animation employees Jesse Forer and Jennifer Harlow. They're going to be joining us to discuss How to Train Your Dragon 2. So look forward to that later in the episode. As always, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion. Okay, guys, with that, we'll be back in a few seconds talking about all our new releases for this week. So see you in a few seconds. And we're back with our new releases for the week. We have a whole bunch this week, uh, ranging from DVDs to Blu-rays to a book, uh, and both live action and animation. The first two are Doctor Who DVDs that came out uh, a little while back, and they're both starring the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton. Uh The first one is The Web of Fear, which is another one of the like recently discovered uh, uh, stories, because way back BBC would just like basically record over all their stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> now that they've actually like some of them been able to find past masters of these and then like sometimes when to to redo some of these like when I talked about the moon base they animated the two episodes that were missing. Mm-hmm. Uh with this one uh actually one of the episodes is still missing episode 3. Uh huh. Has been they've been reconstructed using the audio track and photographs. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was that was interesting. Uh, but this one, uh, if you've been watching like recently with like the Eleventh Doctor, this is like the second the second Doctor with uh, the the Yeti and the Great Intelligence and uh, basically on like this kind of uh, thing in like the London Underground with, with the tube station. And whatnot. So there's actually like a joke I think in. In the recent Christmas special of the Snowman, where they kind of reference this adventure too, so it, it's huh. it's pretty cool. Like that they're kind of timing these almost with like the references on like the newer series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and these were originally transmitted February third through March 9th of nineteen sixty eight. So uh, this one's a pretty cool to check out. Uh, it's only it's got those f- three or four episodes on there. Uh, dealing with the Web of Fear story. Uh, there's not any bonus features on this one, though, um, like there was on, on the past few. Uh, the next one with Patrick Troughton is the, the Enemy of the World, which, again, is the second Doctor, and they landed in Australia in the, the 21st century, which was obviously the future back in 1967. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's a... The villain of this story is a dude that looks exactly like the Doctor, and, and both characters are played by Patrick Troughton. Uh, and he, he's like a basically a dictator, and, and the, the Doctor goes head-to-head with him. And it's, that, this one's pretty good as well. Uh, this one actually has all of the episodes, uh, which had and five of them had been missing from the BBC archi- archives, since they were first broadcast back in 1968, so it's it's kind of cool they were actually able to find all of those. That's it, that sounds a lot like a Twilight episode. There's a Twilight episode where there's 
uh, I, f- I feel maybe I'm mixing up a Twilight episode and uh, an Outer Limits, but there's one where there's it's a dictator and it's like a dictator and it's double situation. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know which came before which. I may be I may be mistaking it uh, an Outer Limits for a for a Twilight Zone, but that's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Well, here. Here's the synopsis one. They soon, uh, the TARDIS lands on Australian beach, 21st century. There's no seaside holiday. Within minutes, the Doctor, Jamie, and Victoria are under attack. They soon <laughs> discover that the Doctor bears a starting resemblance to Leader Salamander, a would-be dictator intent on world domination. Before long, the Doctor and his companions are plunged into a dangerous game of espionage, intrigue, and deceit as they face off against the enemy of the world. <laughs> Those are the two Doctor Who adventures talking about today and i like like them as well it's kind of cool like after becoming like a whovian and like watching like the newer stuff to to go back and watch like the older doctors now and the, the classic yeah. classic who so i definitely say it's worth checking out I th- a lot of like these older ones are on netflix as well too so if you don't want to go pick up all the individual dvds to check them out this one also didn't have any bonus features on it too so with these two you're not really missing out too much by not picking up the dvd if you watch my netflix but i enjoyed them and uh, i'll especially if you liked uh, matt smith as the 11th doctor he took a lot of his mannerisms and whatnot from patrick troughton uh, and the bow tie or the a similar because he kind of wore bow tie but not bow tie. but mm-hmm. yeah so his, a lot of the stuff he did on as his version of the doctor he kind of uh took from this version of the doctor as well and Are you getting excited for Peter Capaldi? Yes. Or, yeah. And there seems to be. I, I seem to see like a new article every week about like his 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 Doctor Who's his uh, his who's amazing. You know, his Doctor's yeah. amazing. Uh, I mean, it's all like people on set saying it, but I mean, obviously they they would be the people to know it. Right, um, so it's none of us. Yeah. Seen it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, except for, apart from like the that last few seconds of like the Christmas special. But right. 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 Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the last episode. Of, uh, I put in some audio from the, when I went to Phoenix Comic Con a, a couple of weeks ago. Mark Shepard was there, uh, who was on the the Day of the Moon uh, episodes of season six of Doctor Who. Oh, really? Uh, and he played uh, Kent Everett Delaware, the the third. And those, he was that dude like in the CIA. Um, but... <laughs> I, I asked him after he had finished making fun of me uh, if <laughs> if he'd want to come back on the show since it seemed like his character was such a good friends with the doctor to right. like to interact with Peter Capaldi as the doctor and he he basically said that yes he would want to he was like would would I want to go back to one of the best shows in ever in existence <laughs> uh, where I had such a fun time working on it and. It's such a legendary show. Would I want to do that? No, leave it nah. alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so I, I, that would be cool to see him come back, and I liked him on there too. I don't know if you watch Supernatural because he, he plays the character Crowley on that too. But oh no, I haven't seen that either. No. Yeah, there's a Supernatural anime series that they did that was uh, season one and two of the live action show, and they put hmm. it together like in this anime animation, and actually. The Jared Padalecki and uh, Jensen Ackles did the voices of their characters in the, the anime show, too. Well, actually, Jared Padalecki did his voice for all the episodes. Jensen Ackles did his voice for, like, the last two or three. Mm. But, yeah, so check that out. Too. 
But, yeah, those are the Doctor Who DVDs we're talking about today. And then the two World War II box sets that Warner Brothers just released recently. So, included in these are Battle of the Bulge, Defiance, and Memphis Bell, which were in the box set True Stories of World War II. And then Invasion Europe, which is the big red one, the Dirty Dozen, and or Eagles Dare, which all of these sounds like they could be titles for something else, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also a bonus DVD that's George Stevens' D-Day to Berlin, which that just sounds like it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, the big red one, if you guys have never seen that, is Mark Hamill in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, he stars in that. So it's, it's, I thought that was cool to, for me to see him in a different film outside of the Star Wars universe back when he was like, you know, still relatively the same age as he was in the Star Wars films. Uh, have you seen any of these World War II films? In I've, I have seen, I mean, I've seen the, I saw a Dirty Dozen when I was very young. I don't remember much about it. Um, and I think that's it. You know, that wars, war movies and Westerns, I never really yeah. got into. I enjoy them if, if they're put in front of me and it's good. I, I'll enjoy it. But but that those were two genres that I never I never like sought after a western or a world or a war movie. Um, I think I was yeah. like the same way when I was younger too. But like as I'm getting older, I like I'll kind of like sit down and watch them more. Right. I feel like, like I'm almost turning into my dad. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> like if he would be scrolling by like Turner Classic Movies or uh, AMC yeah. back when they played tons of movies. Uh, and, like, if it was a Western or a World War movie, you'd be watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually just recently watched uh, The African Queen, uh, which is my dad's, oh, yeah. my dad's favorite movie. And uh, that That's Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn? That yeah. Am I, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that, too. So if, if it's a good movie, no matter what year it came out, you'll enjoy the movie. So, I mean, black and white yeah, or color. Me. So And Absolutely. a lot of these, I mean, since they are in... Uh, are, are very well made. I mean, they, they have Clint, the younger Clint Eastwood, uh, Lee Marvin, Richard Burton, uh, and then Henry Fonda, Daniel Craig, uh, Matthew Adine are in, in some of these other ones as well, too. And I I had owned that movie Defiance on Blu-ray for a while, and I had never watched it. <laughs> but yeah. I, I finally watched it when I got this box. It's got uh, Daniel Craig, uh, Liv Shriver, and uh, what's his name? Tintin. Uh, uh, Billy Elliot. Uh, oh yeah, I, I know Jam- what you're talking about. He was in uh, Jumper too. Uh, Jamie. Yeah. Be- oh, Jamie Bell. Yeah. Yep. 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 Who's apparently going to be playing the thing in the the Fantastic Four reboot? Which still, I, I like I like Jamie Bell, but I still am not sure why he's playing the thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That and Jam- I mean. Yeah. And them all being so young too. It's 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 interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when that movie comes out exactly what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> but unless, like, when he turns into a rock, he, like, gains mul- multitudes of mass. Right. <laughs> but either that or he gains a lot of weight in between now and when they film the movie. <laughs> that I, it seems highly unlikely, but I would be fascinated in seeing that. I, I would love to see what a what a a gigantor Jamie Bell looks like. Yeah, like a, a <laughs> A jacked Jamie Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then kind of going with the theme of this episode today, too, where I, I got 
uh, a graphic novel uh, from DreamWorks. It's actually the first volume, and I think about five. Because in, in the in the back of it, it's got where is this? this uh, volume two comes out in August. Volume three comes out November eighteenth, and then it says volume four February two thousand fifteen, volume five May two thousand fifteen, and then volume six August two thousand fifteen. So they got they've got this planned out. It's uh, this cool story arc. Uh, that's within like the storyline of the the TV series uh, Riders of Burke that they have going on. Uh, the animate I mean not not the animation the. The drawings and the the art in this are pretty well done. I, I liked the the shading and whatnot, and it, it's good for for kids to check out too. My son read it, and it's within like the same context and like tone of like the TV shows and, and the movies. So That's it's definitely cool. worth checking out. It's from Titan Comics, which is uh, owned by Titan Books. Uh, and so I'll give you a kind of description of what the the story is for us. It's Snoutlout's Dragon, Hookfanish Shedding Scales. And that's causing fires in Burke. When an upset Hookfang flies off and disappears, the gang set up a search party. Fortunately, Elvin the Treacherous is also on the hunt for Hookfang. Who will get to Hookfang hook, yeah, hook first? The Riders or Elvin? So, yeah, so, and then that story is kind of going to be going out throughout, I guess, these, these six volumes of it. But, yeah, I, I mean, if you enjoy the films and you enjoy the TV series, this is worth picking up as well it's only like seven bucks so it's worth that's it. cool definitely yeah dra- the, man the, the dragons are taking over the media we got movies we got graphic novels we got yeah. tv shows coming up pop it's figures. exciting yeah <laughs> uh and, and then staying with dragons tv show uh dragons defenders of burke uh part two dvd of the tv series it has 10 episodes from the, the show on there uh dragon tracker part four uh, because uh, Riders of Burke Part 1 and 2 had Part 1s and 2 in that, and then Defenders of Burke Part 1 had Part 3 of that. Uh, Evolution of the Skrill. Here comes the Fire Dragon mashup. And then World of DreamWorks Animation, which is like that jukebox that they tend to have like on most DreamWorks uh, DVDs or Blu-rays that shows like clips or trailers from past DreamWorks films. So, have you ever watched... Either of these series, like the Riders of Burke or the Defenders of Burke? No, no, I haven't seen it. Have you? Have you seen it? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, uh, like it it takes place in between How to Train Dragon One, How to Train Dragon Two, and actually, most of the voice cast from the films actually do their voices in the TV series too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really rare. That's that's great. Uh, Like I think, apart from uh, Stoic. Uh, Gobber and um, Snoutlout. So yeah, yeah. So uh, Gerard Butler, Craig Ferguson, and Jonah Hill don't do their voices in the cartoon, but everybody else does. Wow. Uh, Nolan North does the voice of Stoic in this though. So if Nolan North is a pretty big in the voice acting. If you guys have played Drake or, or Uncharted Drake, like Drake games, he does the voice of Drake in those. So. Oh wow! Yeah, so I, I enjoy that. I mean, uh, and then if you, I mean, obviously, if you did have to watch like the the first few DVDs of this to understand what was going on, but it, it's cool. It works like in a serialized fashion like that, and I've enjoyed them. It's got the same like tone as as the films as well, and 
there's a few tiny Easter eggs like in the second film that you'll, or like slight references that you'll you pick up on if you've watched these series as well too. So definitely we're checking out. And the next one was a four-hour undertaking. <laughs> have you ever seen the Oliver Stone's Alexander film? Uh, I have, and I'm sorry that I have. <laughs> it yeah. was that was uh, I, I I'm curious. I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I was curious what the Rotten Tomatoes a number on this one is, and it's a 16, percent and awesome. that's about accurate. <laughs> Uh yeah, that was that yeah. was not so good. So the theatrical cut is what like uh, 175 minutes, something like that. Yeah. The ultimate cut is 207 minutes. Why do they think any? Who's asking for this ultimate quote? This ultimate cut. Well, there, there's a new commentary by Oliver Stone for the, the ultimate cut because oh, that way he could you know put in more expansion to the story of. Alexander and make it more epic. Uh, there's a documentary which is the real Alexander and the world he made. And then there's a feature length documentary by Sean Stone, Fight Against Time, Oliver Stone's Alexander. So, mm-hmm. in order to review this, I uh, this was so 207 minutes, 200, <laughs> 240 minutes is f- four hours. So, so this is about three and and a half hours, three hours and 47 minutes or so. Uh, and then watch it with the commentary. So that's like another three hours. Uh, since I'd never seen the theatrical cut, I didn't know if I should watch that one as well to compare it to Ultimate Cut. Yeah. And I didn't end up doing that since I'd already spent six hours watching the film twice. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the feature-length documentary, which was, as it says... Feature length. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, unless you're like super into like the story of Alexander, I would say. Which, yeah. Which everyone is, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it'd be yeah, a good thing I'll... if you're if you're a teacher and you want to like yeah. you know, kill a bunch of days. Yeah. Just play the ultimate cut, and then there's there's your week of teaching. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Oliver Stone kind of. Like, he, he hit his stride in the 90s and a little bit in the early 2000s, but but that's but but also in the early 2000s, that's when things... Because Alexander was 2004. Yeah. I feel like after that point, he hasn't really had a, a hit in a long time. Like, Savages was his last movie, which... Didn't do well. I, and it didn't do well, and it, it wasn't horrible, but it also, like, wasn't very good either. And, and then I didn't... Uh... Or no, that well, was what, a, what's it? Uh, I was thinking about uh, a Ridley Scott movie that came out, but that I thought that I was thinking of that as an Oliver Stone movie for a second. That that one that had Javier Bardem in it and uh, oh. Cameron Diaz. What was that one? Oh well, that was that was that, an Oliver Stone, right? That was Ridley Scott. Okay, that was horrible. I don't know <laughs> how that like and and that that was um Cormac McCarthy, like a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, wrote that. I don't know what he was on when he wrote that because that that was not watchable. Like there wasn't a plot at all. Um, yeah, don't don't make the mistake of uh, the counselor is the movie right, you're counselor. thinking of. Don't make do not do not make the mistake of renting that movie. It's not even worth a rent. Uh, 
But yeah, it, it, Oliver Stone, he had Savages and then Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. I think that's his last oh, yeah. two big movies, which I didn't see what, the Wall Street sequel, but I heard it was not so good. I saw well. I saw it, but I never saw the original one. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if maybe if I'd seen the original one, if I had, wouldn't have liked it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that was also because I was a, a fan of Shia LaBeouf. So. Right. <laughs> Before he put a bag in his head. Yeah. <laughs> Not sh- sure what's going on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and then you've got the thing where Angelina Jolie is younger than Oliver, or I mean, Oliver Stone, Colin Farrell, right? Or is she like. Is maybe, she? I don't know. Or is she yeah. like two to three years older than him? Uh, I can find out. Let's see. Uh... Because she plays his mom in the movie. Uh, cool. right, she's thirty nine. Yeah, she's thirty nine. He's and he is thirty eight. Yeah. So one year. Yeah. She plays his mom. Yeah, that's um, that's a stretch. That is Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood is horrible. Is just horrible. Not like even like when he's a kid, and then like they flash forward, and she's got like older makeup on. Yeah. Like when like he's fully grown adult, and she's a fully uh. grown adult. It's so Hollywood is ridiculous. Like I have so many friends that that are that are actors, and they book like like anything, like a commercial or something. And my friend will be a a a woman in her early twenties, and her husband, quote husband in this spot, is a legitimately like late forties, fifty year old man with like graying hair, and it's like that's not. That's not the mess. Like that's not the norm, guys. Or it shouldn't be. At least there shouldn't be a thirty-year difference between these two actors and their in a in a in marriage. It's crazy. It's crazy what Hollywood is like. Yeah, this is normal. And yeah, Angelina Jolie is she that old hag? Yeah, she's definitely Colin Farrell's mom. Oh man, man they're actually younger than I thought they were. I thought they were both in their forties already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess maybe a little bit more makeup, I guess. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, thirty and thirty-nine is pretty close to forties anyway. So, I guess yeah, I was yeah. too far off. But yeah, uh, and then obviously everyone's always has already seen the Night Professor. Night the, Professor, yeah. The Jerry Lewis version, uh, not the. Well, I mean. People have probably seen that Eddie Murphy version too, but uh, and I guess he wanted to actually do a sequel to this like way back in the day after this came out, and then nothing ended up happening until the Eddie Murphy remake. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this looks amazing on Blu-ray. And actually, did you know they they did do an animated sequel eventually? Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was called The Night Professor. Huh. Uh, and then uh, Drake Bell did the voice of his his. Uh, grandson it was either his son or his grandson in it but yeah it's cg animated uh jerry lewis does the voice of you know his his main character from this um not buddy love but uh, can't think of the actual character. yeah but uh, that, that's a smart move because because I, I i obviously you know that wouldn't really work live action now because it's sort of you know beyond its years but that's actually smart it, that probably could work uh, like being animated, that 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 probably isn't. Yeah, probably still still holds up. I remember I saw like the the box art for it when I was working at Blockbuster, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" 
Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I've never I've never actually seen that one, but I know because there was talk about it with within this, like some of the bonus features uh, about that, and I thought that was interesting that they did that, and that you know like Jerry Lewis came back and was playing the same character just. So I, I think that's probably the first time where like a live action film has had a sequel that was animated. Yeah, I can't think of another one. Unless we're going to be counting the Smurfs, where they're doing that, because the the first two are you know were like that CG live action hybrid, right. but then the third one I guess is just going to be straight out animation. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, Neil Patrick Harris, unless he gets turned into an animated form. <laughs> Yeah, but the the cool stuff with this this box that's nice too. Uh, it's like one of those bigger kind of like horizontal sets. I don't know if you've seen like Warner Brothers Singing in the Rain box set or the like the original Mel Brooks box that they put out. It's kind of yes. like it's kind of like yeah. in that same vein as those. Uh, it comes with uh, a, a new feature, a storyboard book, a cutting script with director notes, special production booklet. And then also has uh, it has the Blu-ray of the movie, and then it's got a DVD of Cinderfella and the Errand Boy, which are two other awesome Jerry Lewis films, and then a CD of Phony Phone Calls on there too, Jerry huh. Lewis. So, and those are all included in that 50th anniversary uh, Blu-ray DVD gift set kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, I and I had wanted to get Cinderfella for a while. I remember. When, when again when I was working at Blockbuster, uh, we were getting rid of like a bunch of stuff, and yeah. I, I bought like a previewed copy of uh, what was it the the Bellboy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, because these these are like those movies like you would catch like I was talking about earlier like on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. When, when you... <laughs> Grandpa's asleep in in the in the easy chair and this and the TV's on and yeah that's what <laughs> that's what's on the TV. That's how I was yeah that's how I was introduced to Jerry Lewis when I was here. <laughs> yeah, and then I I watch this. With, with my son and he really enjoyed it so i'm gonna see if he'd want i don't remember because i mean i remembered like what was in this one so i didn't think anything was like and like none of the comedy like back in like the in the 50s or in 60s is too bad like innuendo-y anyways so i mean he's yeah. not gonna understand yeah, some of the stuff yeah. so i'm gonna have have him watch the bellboy and uh, cinderfell and whatnot too to get him Hooked on Jerry Lewis now while he's younger. That's cool. But, yeah, I would definitely just picking that up because uh, I mean they sent me like like the screener versions of them, but I I think I might end up actually picking up like the actual set because that's how much I like Jerry Lewis. So yeah, uh, the the next one is uh, Transformers animated the complete series from Shout Factory. You guys nice. should should watch this. Instead of going to the theaters this Friday. Yes, please do that instead. <laughs> you will have a much better experience, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, this one was on like when my my son was a little bit younger because I I remember he has the a toy of Bumblebee like this version of Bumblebee from this show. Uh, Peter Cullen does the voice of Optimus on this show as well. Because uh, I mean, if you're if you're Optimus, you have to have Peter Cullen doing the voice of Optimus. Right. Uh, and then there's bonus features on here too that are audio commentaries, which you don't usually get like on animated shows that are mainly directed at kids. So I was pretty happy to see that because my favorite bonus feature is still the audio commentary, uh, and they're pretty cool. I mean, 
I, I really enjoyed them. If I mean, especially if you want to hear Peter Cullen talking about being Optimus Prime. That's awesome. Yeah, so you guys definitely check this out. It's all three seasons of the show. Uh, there's, there's like 16 episodes in the first season, 13 episodes in the second season, and then 13 episodes in the third season. So yeah, that that show was great. I like I wouldn't put it on like a level of like X Men animated series, but Transformers was fantastic. Uh, and it's a it's a yeah, <laughs> not to keep harping on it, but it, it's a lot better than what you're gonna see in theaters next uh, this coming weekend. So <laughs> yeah, and the, uh, yeah, other other stuff that's coming out from Shout Factory. Besides Transformers Animated, they've had Transformers Prime. That's mm-hmm. another one, good one you can check out, uh, which is kind of like in the same universe as the films, uh, but better. And uh, those seasons are all on Netflix as well. And then I think there's yeah, three seasons of that, and then they did the Predacons Rising movie. Uh, and we past episode, we had Wolf Friedle on talks to him about doing the voice of Bumblebee. So if you liked Eric on Boy Meets World, you will like him as boy, as uh, Bumblebee, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What, between having uh, Wilford L. on the show and having uh, Jason Marsden on the show, uh, I've been able to feed my Boy Meets World fanboy-ism. <laughs> that shows how big of a fanboy I am of, of the show, too, because Jason Marsden played a character on the show called Jason Marsden. <laughs> Right. <laughs> who was who was Wilfred L's or Eric's friend on the show? Oh my but, god! Yeah. yeah, Jason Merson's an awesome guy. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's all it's on there. The bonus features are the audio commentary and then the entire series. Did, did you watch this version? The no, I haven't watched this. Uh, you remember the, of the Transformers animated series? Yeah. No, I haven't watched this version of it. I, I just remember watching it. Um, when it was on and then I then just like YouTube videos. I think I had a Transformers Renaissance sometime in my in my college days looking back and watching episodes online. Yeah. Uh and they still hold up. They're still really, really good. Uh and this one included Optimus, a bulkhead, Prowl, Ratchet, and Bumblebee for the Autobots. So yeah, I mean what was funny about like this show and then like Prime is that since they came out after the film's head they kind of were like in the same tone or were like trying to be within like that same universe. Although in this Bumblebee actually did speak. So that was cool. And I, fi- I wish at least the film was by now, like Bumblebee would actually talk since they fixed his voice box at the end of the first movie. And then inexplicably it's been broken since then <laughs> again. <laughs> but the, the only thing I would I'd want to see if I want to go see uh, the new Transformers movies uh, would be to explain what happened to Sam Witwicky and whatnot, since now it's Mark Wahlberg. And oh, yeah. Be like, because, I mean, Bumblebee is supposed to be Sam's, like, guardian and whatnot, and right. now, I'm not like Sam's not anywhere to be found. So I know, it's hilarious. I, I also, guy. yeah, what happened to Sam? I also love that, like, Mark Wahlberg was, like, promoting the film and making, like, a big deal about something about like oh the the robots look way more realistic this time and it's like no they don't they look like they've always they look like cg robots what like they i'm not gonna exactly. go see 
They yeah. look exactly the same. Look exactly the same. What are you talking about? I mean, they're slightly redesigned, I guess. Sure. And like, yeah, I assume the technology has gotten a little better since the last whatever. Dark what are they on? Is this is this Transformers 4? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, I'm sure the technology is a little better since Transformers 3, but it's not like – look at the – I mean already a, a – a robot, a giant robot, is just not going to look real. Period, unless it's r- legitimately made. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious that he made it such a big deal of like they look so much more realistic this time. I was like, not really. Which uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro, you know, built like huge parts of the Jaegers for Pacific Rim. And yeah, the- and it sh- it shows. Yeah, that stuff. I feel like th- that the Pacific Rim robots look a lot more. Uh, I don't know, interesting looking or or realistic, if you want to say that, than Transformers. Transformers just looks so. I don't know. It's it's too CG slick. It looks too slick. You know what I mean? Definitely. That being said, the the I mean, it still looks good. Like if it wasn't like a. I don't know. Oh yeah. But, I mean, obviously it looks a lot better than, like, it would have. If right. They were. <laughs> but, yeah, so check Transformers Animated the Complete Series out, Shout Factory. Uh, that might be on Netflix, too, I'm not sure. Uh, but the next one, uh, I wanted to see this when it was in theaters, like, for, like, a really short time around here earlier this year. Uh, I, and nobody would go with me. <laughs> Because nobody's cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, Ernest and Celestine. It's one of the films that was nominated for Best Animated Feature Academy Award. Uh, it didn't end up winning. Uh, it went to Frozen. But did, did you get a chance to see this at all? No. No. Did, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. I guess it's... I thought it was hand-drawn animation, but apparently it's like a mix of CG and Flash animation. Yeah, which you would not be able to tell by huh. looking at it because they wanted to go for like the watercolor look, and they couldn't really do watercolor for animation because like you know the water would be different each frame that they would be animating. Right. So I guess that's why they decided to go with that way. Uh, it's got both the Blu-ray's got both the English and original French audio track with English subtitles. I liked the 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 English voice cast for this so uh Forrest Whitaker is yeah. is Ernest uh, Mackenzie Foy is Celestine uh, you know what, what other role Mackenzie Foy is uh popular for playing no See, no she, uh, she was Renessa May in Breaking Dawn part one oh, so. okay. <laughs> or, or I guess just part two right uh, but yeah because <laughs> uh, when I looked looked up who did the voice of of Celestine, I was like, really? That's a little girl that was in, in the Twilight movie. <laughs> but uh, I was glad that she made the choice to, d- to do this movie, to, to follow that up. Um, but then uh, Lauren Bacall, Paul Giamatti, William H. Macy, Megan Mullally, Nick Offerman, and Jeffrey Wright. Uh, so it was kind of funny, because this came out on the 17th, the same day as the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to, you could pick up two animated movies with Nick Offerman doing a voice in them. Because <laughs> he's Metalbeard in the Lego movie as well. Yeah, and it, it was funny because uh, Megan Mullally plays the voice of, or does the voice of his 
character's wife in this too. So I thought it was funny that they're playing husband and wife. That's cute. In yeah. the film as well. So, and he he was funny as the the bear character that he was. Uh, and then Paul Giamatti's got like a smaller part, but he was pretty funny near the end of this as well. And I just thought this was really well written. I liked the the animation style for this. And I like I liked how it paid homage to the the original books. Uh, by the there's this really cool thing that they do at the end end of the movie that pays homage to the books. I don't want to like spoil it, but yeah, I thought it was a really cool thing that other films could I don't know maybe could maybe do like if they're doing an adaptation of books or children's books something like that and making them into their own thing. But yeah, I I really did enjoy this. I would definitely suggest anybody check it out. Uh, and then there's a making a featurette, and then there's feature length animatic, and then there's an interview with the director Benjamin Renner, which I, I would suggest possibly putting on subtitles. He's because he's got a super thick French accent, and he's talking <laughs> very fast. So some of the stuff I had I like rewind to understand what he was saying some of the times. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it, but like all the stuff he was saying was really interesting about the making of the film. So I would highly suggest to check that out and. Definitely go purchase this. It's uh, G Kids and uh, Cynodyne put it out on Blu ray, so pick it up. It's really good. Uh, and the l last one is a book that everybody should pick up if you are a Turtle fan. Yeah. Uh, this book, uh, it's, I don't know, let's see how many pages it is. It's about 190 pages. It wow. goes from like the initial con uh, concept of the turtles being created by uh, Eastman and Laird and all the way up to the film that comes out in August. And there's like all these great like inserts in like these like little like reproduction, like of inserts and stuff mm -hmm. that like, like they have uh, a reproduction of like the fan club letter you'd get when you joined the fan club, like for the cartoon when it came back, I mean, came out like way back in the eighties. So that was cool because I remember having that, like way back when I was a kid. So yeah. it's cool seeing that again. It's got a lot of great art in here too. It's got uh, the Michael Dooney painting that's like the cover to like the video game and the arcade game and like other. You've seen a ton of time, but they all have the red bandana. Right. Uh, and then it explains, you know, why they eventually had the color, the different colored bandanas, and that was for the cartoon when I came out so you could tell the difference <laughs> but yeah i mean this i mean this is a, a great book for for ninja turtles fans because like i said like all these inserts in here uh i mean there's great images from the cartoon from the live action movies uh you know bebop and rock city there's images of like the toys that came out like back in the 80s for like the cartoons and stuff <laughs> uh, i mean i had i had a, a camera that i still have that was like a film camera that there's a picture of in here somewhere that like when you took pictures, they had like a little uh, insert of like a picture of a turtle on the bottom of it. Uh, it's, got, <laughs> it's got stuff in here about uh, Usagi Yojimbo. You, you guys may know. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just, there's even like, uh, there's a page of the script from the, the film that's coming out in August in here. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, there's like stuff about like toys and this. Oh, and then it's got a picture of like I had I had this uh, sled when I was a kid. That was in the turtles 
the sled, and there's a picture of that in there too. And I was like, freaked out when I saw it in there. I thought it was cool. <laughs> does it have? Uh, does it have any uh, pictures of Toka and Razar in there? I, I hope not. <laughs> uh, if there was, I didn't see them. It's got pictures of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Yeah. Uh, if you ever saw that with Venus. No, no. And there's a joke in there. It's like making fun of. I don't know if it was in here, or if it was on something I just watched on Screen Junkies. It's it bled together, but about like uh, Venus having like her chest plate having a chest. If you know right. what I mean. Like, right. Why would a, a female turtle need that? Because they're, right. they're yeah. not they're not a mammal, so they don't produce milk. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess oh, that's man. like a weird. I guess you could always explain that away in that. If, if she's a mutant and the fact that they're like tall yeah. like that, maybe she got mixed with some kind of human DNA. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then you have to get some kind of other like anatomy stuff with the rest of the turtles and why some certain things don't exist. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's got stuff in here from like all the different versions of cartoons, like the current cartoon that's on right now. Uh, yeah, and there's some cool art in here for the new movie that's coming out. Um, I still don't really like the designs that they're doing for like these new. I like I hate to bash on like Michael Bay, but like him doing Transformers and then him doing, or yeah. he's not directing this, but he's producing this. Uh, but Jonathan Leesman is the the director. Uh, have you seen the designs of the turtles in this? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, briefly. Yeah, I, 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 I I've. I don't know how to feel about it yet, to be honest. I I'm, I I don't feel great looking at it. Uh, I'm gonna hold my judgment until I actually see the the movie. Yeah. But I I haven't been balled over by it for sure. It's I don't know. It's weird. Like Raphael has sunglasses and he's got like kind of like a loincloth thing going on. Yeah. Uh, they all have pants on, which is weird. Yeah. But I mean, because, like, I guess what I was just going to, like, what I was trying to hint at a second ago, like, covering stuff up. Uh, but, like, all they, like, Donatello's glasses. Right. And, like, these weird goggle things. Uh, and then, like, Michelangelo's got, like, a clamshell necklace on. And, <laughs> and like, these sunglasses. And he's got, like, a, a hoodie tied around his waist. Yeah, it's... Uh, would he, would a hoodie even fit him with, like, a shell? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's just tied around his waist. Yeah. And they all have like kind of like shoes on too, which is I don't know, but weird. Yeah, uh, it's 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 definitely straying from the original look of them for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh like I know it's not us just being like people that were, you know, are like huge into like the old cartoon and stuff like that cuz my my son was even like I was really excited for the movie, and then I saw what they looked like, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm going to go see the movie. Oh, well, that's comforting. Okay, so, so we're not just, like, crazy old fanboy guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the screenplay that they had in here was kind of interesting, <laughs> which makes me kind of less uh, worried about it. This is still in the movie. Yeah. Like, I'll just really quick. Or Raphael is, like, talking... To Leonardo, and, and then uh, he's like, you think I asked to be the leader of this outfit, ref? Then go on to this. Splinter chose me. I'm just doing my duty. Michelangelo goes, ha, duty. <laughs> so, yeah, there's stuff like that in there. And it, this, 
also it's like it's off screen and then they like they stepped in to like their their underground layer like in the oh right right and it says it's like it's either page 41 or uh draft 41 page 24 or i don't know but and it says it was written like about april 23rd of 2013 so oh wow so I don't. Know, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that they include some of that stuff in here because this book's already available now too. There are really good shots of like all around the turtles, like showing like the different like technology and stuff like Donatello's got on them, and so you get a pretty good idea of like really what they're gonna look like in the film. There's a good shot of Splinter in here too. So oh, and then it also includes a reprint of like the original comic that came out for the turtles and a poster that's the cover of the book which is pretty cool too because it's got like the original version of Raphael on there like from the comics the 80s uh, cartoon Michelangelo the 2003 Leonardo cartoon and then like the the current cartoon of Donatello so it, I would definitely suggest picking this up book if you're the least bit of a Ninja Turtles fan it's it's awesome it's got a forward by Peter Laird as well, too. So, Yeah, guys, that is our huge uh, <laughs> section of reviews this week. So we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations. back with our recommendations for the week uh the prodigal son has returned hello i'm Matt. alive yeah just in case you guys <laughs> thought he was just in case you guys thought he was dead i was i was actually i'm actually a real person i actually exist and i'm alive and i am well he's he's been in the the himalayas for the past six months uh becoming a monk there you go <laughs> but yeah why don't, why don't you cut, cut us up with what you've been doing for the, the past half year or so, sir? My God, have I been busy. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, uh, you know. everyone knows I've been, uh, you know, I work over at Fisher-Price there. If you go on their YouTube channel, you can see um, a lot of my work that's been coming out lately. I just recently, um, you know, designed and uh, I've been animating these new uh, product demos. And they're all CG. So, you know, from start to finish... We're getting in um, the most recent one that was posted to the website was SpongeBob. Um, you saw that, right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> me and SpongeBob, we had a rough time there for a little bit because he was a little bit of a uh, pain in the butt to animate. But uh, it's it's pretty cool if you go see it. It's a photorealistic, you know, product web demo of an actual Imaginex toy. Yeah, it looks pretty and, cool. And uh, you know, you can just it just shows you like all the features of the playset, and they're just thirty second demos, but. Um, you know, I've gone through the shaders to lighting to animating and compositing, just all that we've been kind of designing. So that's been taking up a lot of time at work. So, and there, there's going to be a couple more of those coming out. Um, but other than that, you know, like in my free time, yeah, like I have any. <laughs> um, I've been, you know, getting big into this, uh, you know, 3D printing, 3D printing pens, um, you know, just been doing a lot of research, a lot of work with that. I got some, uh, you know, uh, some new videos coming out 
um, on my YouTube channel that show you some like really cool ways to use this 3D printing pen I have. Um, and now, um, just this week, I'm going to be getting a desktop printer to start yes. uh, prototyping and uh, testing with. And I've actually I've started a Shapeways store where you can actually go and buy parts that I've designed. Awesome. So I've just and that's taken up a huge time too because the the one part I, it's like a little clip for your phantom gimbal and i'll tell you what half the job is just customer support because i designed the part with like a clothespin clip oh, yeah. and apparently they don't make clothespin springs in all parts of the world so i've had people from croatia to austria to turkey emailing me and this has been like constant then they're like you know oh, we don't we don't have this clip in this part of the world and i'm like really so i i like i i have to like ship these people you know springs oh. all over the world just common you know clothespins i bet they have so. to buy enough to make it like worthwhile because of yeah just the shipping alone would probably be pretty expensive yeah like it's like it's, and then I get, you know, customer support calls from people that are just like, you know, the shipping is more than the cost of the part yeah. in certain parts of the world. So it's it's been interesting, but it's been fun. And, uh, you know, I've been working on that. Just uh, so many things, so many things. And, you, you know, I'm getting married in, um, yeah. in October. Again, by the way. Thank you. So, you know, we're going to dance lessons. We're going to appointments. You know, we're meeting with the priest. And this is just like, it seems like every week, every day, there's an appointment we got to go to, you know, meet with the cake people, you know, arrange this, that, everything. So, it, it, but it's fun. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then before you know, it'll be, it'll be five years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Two weeks from now, it'll be five years since I got married. Yeah, congrats. that doesn't seem like it's been five years. Uh huh. So, so just you know, busy, 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 busy. But I'm gonna try, you know, these uh, next, you know, over the summer to try and get on here a little more and, uh, you know, participate a little bit more. But I got a big idea coming. Yeah, um, you kind of talked about something uh, we'll be using. At, so I'll be surprised and we'll serve yeah. it up slowly for everybody. But uh, somewhere. Back within the, the last few ten minutes or so, as you've been talking, uh, we did briefly touch on something we'll be using for the surprise we're doing. So yes, it's it could be huge. So and I don't think anyone's ever done it before, and uh, we got big ideas for the podcast. So yeah. I'm excited. Very excited indeed. So you guys definitely check out. Matt's Fisher Price product demos has been posted on on YouTube. You can follow him on on YouTube. He's, especially since you posted the the Niagara Falls video, you've been skyrocketing yeah. in the viewers and, and and subscribers on there. So yeah, a lot of things have been spawning off of that. But I, I wanted to mention one other recommendation that's not of my own. Well, right. I kind of have a little bit of participation in it, but um, it's my recommendation for the week is go and watch. The YouTube video Bears on Stairs. I don't know if you've mentioned this or not, Mark. Oh, not yet. Uh, but uh, that is my recommendation for the week. Bears on Stairs. It's a uh, yeah, it's a 3D printed um, stop motion animation, and uh, they actually had a con. I love this animated uh, video so much that I actually participated in the contest to remake it. And I did my own stop motion, and I won one of the actual bears from 
the uh, video. So I have it like on my desk at work, which is pretty cool. But go watch it. It is just something else to watch. It's really cool. The texture in the bear as it moves, it's it's awesome. So go check that out. I like the way that you remade it as well, too. That was so. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There was only um, a couple hours left in the contest. So, like, I came home from work, and I was like, I had to scramble to come up with an idea to submit it to them. And it it, it came out pretty cool. I was happy with it. How, how much paper did you use? Oh, my God. It, it was – I actually did it a couple times because, like, I printed out all the images because um, I did, like, stop motion. I broke down all the frames. There was 48 frames. I printed out each frame on a piece of paper. And then when I cut them up and tried to put them in sequence, I put them into sequence wrong, and I had to do the whole thing again. Okay. So, like, my printer was struggling to print out the rest of the frames the second time around. And then even then, I put them all together, took photos of them all. When I got them into my editing software, they still weren't in the right sequence, and it took me a couple hours just to arrange them into the right sequence again. So, but it was fun and I got a cool bear out of it. Yeah. Cool little thing to have on your desk. Yeah. Awesome. So check it out. Yeah, guys. Uh, thank you for updating us, Matt. Uh, we look forward to hopefully having you back a little bit more this summer. Absolutely. Uh, it was, it's cool to, to see the, the drawing that Otis did of you too. We I like the, yeah. the new drawing for that too. Props so. to him. That was awesome. Yeah, and you'll I don't know if I I've told you about it yet, but you'll have to check out his his comic that's coming out in September as, as well. I think it's coming out September twenty third. Uh oddly normal. So cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. And guys, remember uh where you can find Matt, you can find him on Twitter at Questpact and on YouTube at Questpact, right? Yeah, go check it out. Check out my YouTube channel. I'm going to start uploading videos weekly. All right, sir. Thank you for, for coming on. Hopefully the next time we talk to you will not be six months from now. <laughs> uh, it'll be sooner than that. Trust me. Okay, cool. We'll talk to you later. All right, later, man. Uh, Tom, what, what did you want to recommend this week? My recommendation is uh, if, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you've been putting off uh, finishing that season, I, I, I know that it's painful to, to uh, think about the fact that you have to wait another year for uh, a new Game of Thrones episode. But the last two episodes uh, of season four, without giving any spoiler away or anything, it's uh, they're really fantastic and uh it involves in both episodes. It involves some some CG, some some an, somewhat animated uh, characters, and uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's hard to talk about it because you don't want to give anything away. So I'm just gonna right. leave it at that and say it's you know the. The, the season four in general has was great. I thought it was you know season three was a little wasn't bad it was just sort of underwhelming but season four really really was just fantastic through and through and uh these last two episodes are, are you know they do not disappoint that they they are just like the entire season has been uh and maybe even a little better um yeah, yeah so so definitely check that out i know it's painful but but <laughs> ties into uh, how to train your dragon as well What's that? Ties into How to Train Your Dragon as well. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, not well, not only because of the dragons on the show, but uh, Kit Harrington does the voice of one of the new characters in How to Train Your Dragon too. 
Oh, well, and then also, not to give anything away plot-wise, but... Uh, how to Train Your Dragon. A little bit of How to Train Your Dragon in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll just, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. To, just to say Toothless has never done anything like... Well, it kind of has, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that graphic, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and and if it was, it was off-screen. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, there's been some pretty graphic stuff on that this season. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Once again, for 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 any young listeners, eh, save save the Game of Thrones for later. But if you are uh, an an adult listener of animes and fascination, you, you definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I won't give you a splitting headache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I have really enjoyed that that season of Game of Thrones as well. I thought it was great. I can't wait for the Blu-ray to come out because. They always yeah. have a lot of good features in there, and the audio commentaries are usually pretty good, too. Uh, yeah. Do, do you read the books? I, I don't, but I know I've, like, had in-depth conversations. Without giving spoilers away, I kind of know the vibe of the books that we're going into. and Because I, I guess, so book, so we're going into book, book four. four. Yeah. But then. Yeah, because season three and four were book three. Yeah, but but what's weird is so season so book four and yeah. book five are the same time. Same time, they're they're parallel in terms of time, and book four deals with completely new characters. Apparently, huh. uh, like I, I I mean I I I assume there's probably some characters that you know from before, but it's a lot of new characters. So I I assume Yay. what they're gonna, they're gonna mix the uh, they're gonna you know mix both. They're gonna take from both. Book four and book five. Because there was um, a, already a, a crap load of characters on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you weren't confused enough, here's a completely new yeah bunch of characters. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine what they're going to do is season five is going to be an amalgam of parts of season of parts of book four and book five. Okay. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I haven't read the books either. Uh, I just heard people like talking about uh, a character called Lady Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to give away who that is and whatnot, but right, right. That would be interesting if they if they did do that. So, I'm actually amazed at how often I, I'm like playing with fire. How often I ask people who have read the books about the books. I'm so amazed that I haven't gotten something spoiled for me yet. Um, I spoil uh, myself because I go and read like the wikipedia pages for the characters that i'm interested in oh, oh i'm like man. i want to know what happens yeah oh man I, I couldn't do that i i get so mad when i like click on like a random like buzzfeed oh, yeah. list where i'm like oh this wouldn't give anything away and then it's like oh no 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 close 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 <laughs> yeah i guess i uh, like for me i'd rather spoil it myself than have somebody spoil it for me yeah, that's which what, yeah, with the age of Facebook, that is that's that's ever present. Uh, I like people. I, it still hasn't become. I thought I thought we all learned this with like American Isle and whatnot that people on the East Coast do not post on oh, Facebook. Yeah. That was something I never had to worry about when I lived in New York. Now, like now that I live in Arizona, yeah. and I get West Coast feed stuff. People do not know the etiquette yet, apparently, or they just don't care. Uh, but yeah, the, us, us poor West Coasters are—they—we have to avoid Facebook anytime. It's uh, maybe there should be a time delay on like Twitter and and Facebook. Yeah, right. For, yeah, for the three hours. 
Exactly. So it shows you that, like, at the time that they posted it. Right. At that, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a spoiler time code feed thing. Yeah. Here you go, Mark Zuckerberg. Add a spoiler uh, yeah. timeline. You can choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, actually, if if you don't want to read the graphic novel, or, I mean, the books of Game of Thrones, they actually have graphic novels, too. Oh, really? The books. So, if you don't want to watch the show or read the books, there's graphic novels that you get to see all the, the stuff from the books. Like, oh, that's cool. Because my wife started reading the first one, she got, like, really bored. <laughs> So, yeah, and that was also after we watched the first movie. I mean, not, not first movie, first t- series. Well, so yeah, it might I mean, be the boring first, if you've already watched it. It is. It it is a little bit because the first book. I mean, I started to read the first book. I wasn't necessarily bored, but it is. It almost reads like a novelization of the first the, season. I mean, and obviously, that just is uh, a sign of how you know true they were to the book with that first season they i mean it's honestly to the point where stage directions are like wow they did exactly what that sentence said like that he walked down that hallway that way um but uh but yeah i think after the first season they start to do their own and deviate do their own take their own style and voice with it but but yeah that first that first book is essentially season one to the t yeah uh, so, so departing from Westeros, uh, going t- <laughs> to the UK, uh, I'm going to be recommending the, the TV show Friday Night Dinner, uh, which is a British TV show. It's on Channel 4 in the UK, the channel called Channel 4, which is also Channel 4. <laughs> but uh, if you guys have ever seen the Inbetweeners, have you seen that? Yes, I uh, love it. I, 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 I didn't see the... Um... The American version on uh, uh, the MTV, good. but yeah, yeah, I heard there wasn't. No so one great. needs to watch that version. Well, no. and I also heard that like I I didn't see it. Is the main guy like kind of like an attractive dude? Like I I heard yeah, someone I saw, say like, like I saw trailers and stuff for it. And I didn't even want to watch it after that because I was like, nope. I, I yeah, like, it's like that's I like not the UK version too much to have this version. Yeah, you missed the point. Tarnish guys. any kind of view of it from it, which kind of sucks too because that American version was kind of co-produced with like the original creators of the uk yeah version i think yeah i i yes yeah i mean obviously it's worked before like the american office was was you know not i don't think it was as good as the british office but it was it was still good and and eventually had its own you know style and and unique voice but yeah uh but but yeah the the in-betweeners the 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 original british one that was fantastic that that show is so that show was so delightfully awkward. It dealt with that really painfully uncomfortable sort of uh, humor, and it, it it was just spot on. But uh, but yeah, I, it, I I heard nothing but bad things about the MTV yeah. the American version. But I no, I haven't seen this Friday Night Dinner though. I I'd, I'd love to check it out. Uh, yeah. And you, you you said before that it, uh, the episodes are on iTunes. Uh, the I know the first season is. I'm not sure if the second season is second because I mean season between season two and three there's like 18 months of like the hiatus in there. Oh wow! If if you live in the UK, I bet you're pretty used to like long hiatuses in between your TV shows. Like I remember, I think like season one and season two of I'm Alan Partridge had like three or four years. Wow! I wonder why that is. That's, that's just how they they roll in the UK with their yeah. TV shows. They're like. 
Oh, oh we're, we'll do a season two uh, five years from now. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the show Friday Night Dinner is great. Simon Bird, like we were saying from the Inbetweeners, also Inbetweeners movie part two comes out in August in the UK, and I almost just want to go to the UK just to see it in theaters. Right. Yeah. I really wanted <laughs> to see the first movie in theaters, and we never got it in Arizona. So I think it was in Los Angeles for like a week. Right. Yeah. But, probably. But yeah, I, I really. In, in, this this actor Simon he's pretty funny. He's on the show, and then he he and Joe Thomas, who were also on the Inbetweeners, uh, wrote and created a TV show called Chickens, which is also pretty funny. Uh, but Friday Night Dinner is a show about a family. It's a, two brothers, and then their mom and dad. Uh, they're a Jewish family, and it's like a Jewish tradition to have a family dinner every Friday night. And like with the show, it's like the hijinks that kind of ensue between those two brothers. During the time they come back to their mom and their mom and uh, dad's house too, for those dinners and like the, the way that their dad like acts and stuff, right. he's like super awkward. And then they have this neighbor who is played by Mark Heap, who if you guys have seen uh, Spaced or uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff he was in, he was in he was actually in uh, the that show that that David Cross did the increasingly bad decisions of. Oh yeah, of uh, Todd, Todd Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. yeah, who actually is the kid who plays uh, Neil from The Inbetweeners in that show too. Uh, oh wow! Uh, but yeah, he's in that too, uh, and he's really funny. He's got these glasses and a mustache in the show, and he's this character has a dog that is his, and his dog is like really nice. But he like the way he acts around his dog is like his dog is like super vicious, and like he goes to like cut him <laughs> sometimes, and he like pulls his arm away really quick, like he thinks the dog's gonna bite him. <laughs> And he's got That's like this great. weird attraction to the the kid's uh, mother on the show too, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a really funny show. I mean, if you like British humor and stuff too, I, I am I'm a huge Anglophile, so uh, like if you if you like shows like The Inbetweeners or Alan Partridge or uh, like I haven't ever seen it, but I've, I've heard Peep Show and Skins are also good British TV shows. I'll have to eventually check those out. Yeah. Uh, but then like space and stuff like that too. So if you like stuff like that, you'll you'll enjoy this show as well too. So those are our recommendations, and then you'll hear Jesse's and Jennifer's later in the show as well. So with that, guys, and we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic, where we'll be talking to Jesse and Jennifer about how to train your dragon too. Your mighty words astound me But I've no need of mighty deeds When I feel your arms around me But I would bring you rings of gold I'd even sing you poetry And I would keep you from all harm If you would stay beside me I have no use for rings of gold I care not for your poetry Hello guys, and we're back with our main topic for the episode, our How to Train Your Dragon 2 roundtable. Today we're going to be doing a few different segments with different DreamWorks animation employees. We're going to be starting off with Jessie Four right now. We had her on a few months back to talk with her. How have you been? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, and since you haven't talked to Tom before, Tom, just... Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
are you, where are you located, Tom? I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles oh, too, okay. right? Yes, yes, I am. So I you, and by the, you're close by. Yeah, and by the way, you went to UCLA for MFA, correct? Or I no? Did. Or oh, well, go Bruins. I'm I'm a fellow Bruin. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah, and just to let you know too, I really enjoyed How to Train Your Dragon too. I enjoyed it. Well, okay, that's. I'm glad to hear it. And since I, I know technically you wouldn't be allowed to say anything like this, I'm uh, pretty upset that it's not doing better at the box office. It should be. Yeah. Um, that's, that is the business, unfortunately, that R-rated comedies trump family-friendly mm. good animation. <laughs> that is so weird, though, how an R-rated movie is doing better than a m movie that's PG. I know. It's just, it, kids kids go to see R-rated movies now, and when we were younger, that didn't exist. And right. they checked IDs, and you really had to be 17. And now 11-year-olds are walking out of a Jonah Hill movie with, you know, the worst language on earth, and <laughs> that makes money. <laughs> so yeah. it's a crapshoot. You never know how your opening weekend's going to go. Should be walking out of a Jonah Hill movie where he's animated. Yeah. <laughs> he had some good lines, too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Kevin Hart should be in uh, How to Train a Dragon 3. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't like Kevin Hart. <laughs> Not right now, at least. <laughs> That'd be funny. But, uh, so how long were you working at How to Train a Dragon 2? <laughs> So I did it um, just shy of one year, but it felt like a year. <laughs> um, I started last June, so about two weeks ago last year at this time, and I rolled off at the very beginning of May on the last possible production week of that movie. So I went to the very end, pretty much. Nice. And, and did you – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, did you work in a specific department, uh, or, like, what was, like, your responsibilities uh, with the production? So I was a lighting coordinator, and I was responsible for help managing the lighting department, which took on the big feat of um, using Torch, our new software. So we were the first show to use this, and as a result, you can see how rich and colorful and deep the lighting is compared to past DreamWorks movies. And um, it really was a breakthrough for us, and it really showcased the animation, which was also a, a new software they used. And um, you could just see the backgrounds and the textures and the the uh, the icebergs, especially. I always yeah. thought were really cool looking. And so I would help manage lighters. We had a huge team. I think there were about forty people at the biggest point, and we um, broke up the teams into smaller teams. I'm sorry, we broke up the lighters into smaller teams, and I was responsible for two teams. And um, each team had um, a bunch of sequences, and they would light them. So, uh, for example, the sequence where Hiccup and Astrid discover the fort, Eret's fort has been blasted, that was one of my sequences that I helped manage, along with the death scene of the Bewilderbeast, things like that. So, um, it's just kind of divided into chunks, and it takes a certain amount of weeks, or a couple months even, to get a sequence done. So I was responsible for managing the teams, making sure the shots were on track, hugging other departments where the footage was, because the lighting department is the very end of the whole production pipeline, 
and we are a catch-all for everything. So if stuff isn't done, we technically can't light it. And then we come behind. So um, I help keep departments aware of that sort of thing. Cool. So, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, a, lot, a lot of whip cracking, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, don't like... I don't like doing that, and I feel like the bad guy, but when you are down to the wire and you need to turn over a shot to go to our the other department, Paint Fix, or IMF, as we call it, Image Finaling, they're the ones that get rid of all the pops and sizzles and breaks mm-hmm. in, like, character clothing and whatnot, and they have a schedule. So it's a constant, right. like, feeding of information to everyone, so. <laughs> it all works yeah. out for the best in the end. It, it gets done. I, I really, uh, you sit there and you're like, oh my God, we're, how are we going to finish this? We have like six sequences left and then it, it just happens. And that's what weekends are for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, so you were talking about uh, Torch. How, uh, do you know how long you guys have been developing using that or uh, what made you guys decide to start using it on Dragon? I can't answer. Well, you know, Dragon was like our big, and I don't know how accurate this is because I came onto the show when we were already like well into the lighting. Um, so I know Torch had been being developed for a very long time, and finally it came into fruition, and we we used it for this movie. And I think it's because Dragon is just one of these big, epic movies that the studio had been making, and we know it wanted to be a trilogy and whatnot. And so we thought it was a good um, film to try this out on. But my knowledge of Torch isn't too, too good, because I'm not the actual lighter. But um, it, it was a lot of trial and error. We had weekly meetings about, you know, Torch issues, and our TDs were constantly working on it, and things would crash. And, I mean, a lighter, if we ever get a chance to interview a lighter, they can tell you, you know, tons of stories. But um, I think towards the last leg of the movie, it finally kind of worked itself out, and we got... A good rhythm going so i feel like it was a lot of trial and error throughout the whole movie until the very end but now all the rest of the movies that are coming out and that are being worked on are using torch so cool so now, now oh sorry i was just gonna say so the the, the penguins movie you have that then too uh you know i don't know because they started they started a while ago so i'm not sure i feel like it's it's movies that have been in production for a pretty long time i'm not sure if they're using it but i feel and but you know things that are coming out like i think home home is going to be using it things like that so everything started at different times so penguins penguins was started a long time ago dragons was started a long time ago but i feel like dragons was the first was ahead of penguins in that respect does that make sense yeah okay and that uh, penguins is a yeah, it has a different feel to movie, it. So, so. Uh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, and like penguins definitely has like a different feel to it than like how to train your dragon. Oh, to, yeah. Yeah, so. And penguins is based in India, so they were on a different okay. um, pipeline than than the Glendale and the Redwood City. So um, yeah, that's all. I, that was something I have to do some research on in order to give you a good answer. <laughs> now, when when you were working on it, the does the story is it going through any revisions while the lighting department is working on it? Like, have you have you guys been sort of blindsided with, like, oh no, we have to change this, or is the story pretty much set? Like, the script is what it is, and you're and you've got your job to do, or is it kind of fluid? Is it going through revisions as you guys are working on it? Oh yes, there are constant revisions. There is wow. never 
Uh, yeah, it's you all. You have to just kind of lean into the schedule because we have our schedule, and right. there are times where we allow for things like that to come up. So we kind of prepare for it because we know that it's a constant moving thing and it's never fully locked. So yeah, there were sequences, especially um, the opening and so sequence two hundred with the race and all that, and then the ending with Toothless and the Alpha battling so a lot of that went through lots of changes as we were lighting it and we have kick-ass lighters and we have great uh sequence leads or we call them cg soups and uh like i said saturdays so saturdays help and you just you just have to do it so lots of stuff that was on hold and we will be waiting and waiting and waiting and finally be released and we just have to jump on it so it's a it's a big challenge and i mean that's but that's animation and I mean you talk to people at Disney they go through the same kind of thing and you know people at Sony and whatnot so it's rare I feel like to have a pretty solid locked story and then you just kind of go and do it right so keep in mind we have lots of test screenings yeah I was gonna say and we have lots of editorial time with the director and Jeffrey will come in and there's always a note session and they're always trying to make it better which is good so as long as it's for the better, I mean, you just kind of have to say, okay, well, we're going to go back to this now, or we're not going to wait, we're not going to work on this one for a while. That's just, that's just the nature of it. Yeah. The, those scenes that you pointed out to, like the beginning and the end, those had some of the, the coolest lighting in them too, especially mm-hmm. like with that, the final like kind of fight sequence with like the glowing in, in Toothless's like spine and I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. So I'm hoping, hoping for like more stuff like that in the, the third movie and, see toothless uh, evolve a little bit more than that'll be cool yeah i i i I know dean was a really big fan of how we lit the dean the director was a big fan of how we lit toothless that blue glow and um i feel like audiences really reacted well to it as well because i read all the comments that people post online and people are really into it so that's good i like that (laughs) is there a toy that that lights up like that I that'd don't be, know if there's a toy. There should be. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be a cool toy, though, if, like, a spine lit up and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I just know that the poster featured it, and yes. people were like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, until they saw the movie. Oh, that's yeah. my guinea pig. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to get into it. <laughs> she's, she's like, I like that part of the movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, talking about, like, scenes that kind of got changed stuff, was there anything that, like, you had been working on for a while while you were working on it that ended up just getting deleted or taken out of the film? You know, there was, it was such a blur. There was a lot of stuff, like, a lot of jokes and things and bits of animation that were just so charming and fun that I grew to like. And, you know, we were always editing it and trying to hit, like, a certain time for the movie to run. And it was it was supposed to be shorter originally, but it's longer now. And I think I think it kind of helps. But there's just little stuff that you know, Rough Nut and Tough Nut did, and some jokes, and that things just got trimmed, and it's too bad. Especially in um, the sequence where Astrid tells they're sitting on the iceberg, if you remember, and Astrid's like, you know, they should be back. Stoic and Hiccup should be back by now. I, something's wrong. And you can watch. Tough nut, he has a turkey leg in his hand, and his dragon is trying to bite the turkey leg. It's really <laughs> subtle. And I think there was more more things like that in that sequence, and that sequence got really trimmed down. It's only a few shots now. <laughs> so I remember seeing the cut of that and being like, oh, they took out 
you know, these little sight gags and things. And <laughs> I, just, I just love that. I love that the animators get to kind of do that stuff. And if you're a nerd like me, you kind of find it and you laugh at it because you, you, you're oh, I'm, I'm always looking for stuff to, you know, little things like that when I'm when I'm watching the movies. Yeah, that's always like the best stuff to kind of discover. Yeah. As you watch like the movie like a second or third time and you, you notice stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, too. and I mean, I've seen the movie, well, I swear, well over 500 times because I worked um, not only in lighting, but I also worked in a department called Luster um, where we do all the color timing. And so we would watch the movie every single day for the most part because you're, you're touching every single shot. So um, a lot of that stuff I've seen and a lot of that stuff people don't even notice. But it's a shame that things like that get cut. And, you know, in terms of the big picture, there was just lots of stuff that was being changed constantly and the battles and line, new dialogue and things like that. So I can't really speak for a major thing that was changed because overall, a lot of it was. But that's just how the stories evolve at DreamWorks and how movies get made there. Did you have a favorite scene or segment that you worked on on the movie? Um... Trying to think what was really cool to work on. The battle stuff was really cool. Seeing that stuff come into, you know, literal light, you know, as it evolved in our dailies was really awesome. They went for a specific look with the smoke. I don't know if you guys remember seeing the smoke in the battle sequences. But the target was to look like a California wildfire. And huh. I don't know if you've ever seen a wildfire, but I, I mean, you probably have because you live here. But, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's that ugly brown gray smoke that kind mm-hmm. of just hangs there yeah. mixed with delightful smog. And it <laughs> is the ugliest color and it's just really menacing. And we nailed that. So seeing that kind of stuff was really cool. Wow. Um, just, you know, and just just watching the story evolve as we did dailies because we touched every single shot every you know every time you had dailies something new would be updated there would be new animation and things and you just kind of you watch it as the lighters light it but the battle stuff was pretty intense so I was lucky to work on those sequences cool uh, I'll probably end up saying this to Jennifer who we have later on in the episode too but I really enjoyed like the sequences that like the huge like crowd scenes i thought those mm-hmm. were really well done too it was cool to see all the characters like in the, in those shots i thought that, that was really impressive too so. yeah their crowds department was tremendous they had a lot a, yeah. a, a lot of stuff to, i mean that's like lord of the rings almost you know like, yeah. it's so so <laughs> intense um i'm actually working in the crowds department now in kung fu panda 3 and it's nice. nothing like that we have you know Roly poly pandas. <laughs> we don't have <laughs> intense Viking warriors or wherever those guys are from because they're not technically Vikings. If they're Drago's men. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so I guess uh, beware of spoilers here, anyone. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I was upset to see this character pass away, but I, I understand like uh, it needed to be done for the story. What did you think about Stoics? Uh, passing away in the film when you I, first heard about it god i heard about it a long time ago <laughs> so i was kind of like okay desensitized by the time it like actually happened um because i had friends who had been working on the movie way before i did and they would tell me all the stuff but um i get i get why he had to die you know 
they even hint in the beginning that Hiccup needs to become chief soon, so that, that sets up that. Um, it's unfortunate because Stoic is such a cool character, and I really like him, and he's um, a pretty rich character. So uh, it is sad, and I've been, you know, I've seen it so many times that it's hard for me to feel emotion when I, when I watch that scene. Um, it's pretty, it's still very powerful, but I don't get as choked up as audience members do. And I have friends who keep telling me, they're like, I saw the movie and everyone was, you know, took off their glasses and were wiping their eyes at that moment. So that means we did our job and it made a big emotional impact on people, which is what we, that's what we need. And it's pretty powerful. And especially since Toothless is the one that's responsible for it. <laughs> it yeah, it, it's, it is sad, and people get so caught up in it. I love that, and I love that these people connect with these characters. So it means we did our job. Um, and for the third one, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen really, and I can't. I can't say anything. But uh, hopefully, flashbacks. You know, hopefully, Stoic comes back. I don't know. I can't. I can't <laughs> verify that. But maybe he will. I know he's a fan favorite. And Gerard Butler does a great job with the voice. Yeah, my, my wife's a big fan of Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> I believe everyone's wives yeah. are a big fan of Well, I, yeah, Gerard I saw Butler. this picture on Instagram the other day for, like, I think it was, like, that 9gag or whatever account. And it, it said, tonight we, we dine at McDonald's. And it was, like, a slightly slightly out of shape uh, Gerard Butler that that wasn't, you know, like, 300 Gerard Butler. I was like, oh, see, I can, ach- I, I can achieve that. Like, <laughs> like he wasn't—he wasn't fat or anything, but he just didn't like have abs or anything. So I was like, "Oh, see, I can—I right. can do that." See, Kelly, I can do that. <laughs> That's the Gerard Butler. I'll—I'll I'll go for it if you. If you <laughs> but, uh, kind of talking about that too. Who—who who is your your favorite character in the film? I guess if that's like picking your your favorite kid, but. Um, I really love the dragons. I—I I love Stormfly and I love Toothless. And I think all the dragons got a lot of screen time to showcase their personalities. Um, Hiccup is always, you know, like the straight man. So it's, I like, I really like Hiccup, but I thought Astrid was pretty cool in this. You get right. to see a little bit more of her. She's not as feisty as she was in the first one because she's older and, you know, grown up a little bit. But um, I love the moments of her and Hiccup, like sitting on in sequence 325 that kind of stuff but yeah toothless definitely stole the show in this movie more so i feel like than the first one yeah do you uh, guys have a favorite character oh man i'll let tom go first while i think about it uh, <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what yeah, yeah, yeah that's tough I, yeah i'm a big fan of the dragons too i i, I yeah <laughs> yeah i, I, I like also, toothless a lot oh go ahead go ahead i like toothless a lot yeah He's cute, and I love. I forgot. I love Cloud Jumper. I think he's like one of the coolest dragons, Valka's right. dragon. And they went for the whole owl thing, and I like his scales and the noises he makes. He's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I liked like the new like the new designs with like some of the the new dragons as well, and then like the kind of evolved aspects of like the stuff you found out with Toothless and. Mhm. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to if there's more dragons that are discovered in, in the third film or whatnot. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Yeah. I mean, look what everything that they put into this one, all those dragons and 
you know, when Valka goes through and she says, you know, this one was wounded here and that one was wounded there and you get to see some cool stuff and especially the Bewilderbeast, those things are awesome and huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know they wanted to go, they wanted to capture the spirit of um, like a polar bear with those dragons. Right. And you can see that when at the very end when the, the they call him the Bewilderbad murders the other one he kind of stands up on his hind legs like a bear and he roars and it's really cool <laughs> so i'm sure there's more in store for that kind of thing i'm i'm hoping for another time jump in the in the third film as well because i think it'd be cool to see hiccup with a cool stoicy beard oh yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome stoic's beard changes too in the flashbacks it's not as crazy uh, oh yes yeah, so, yeah i I guess it might have been a little bit harder because it's a little bit darker in that it's scene. It's dark, yeah. It was, it was probably it was probably shorter too, right? It was, it was shorter and it wasn't as full, so there were I think he had like one big piece in front instead of like multiple pieces. You know what I mean? Right. And we also aged uh, Valka, so when she was in the flashback sequence with her baby hiccup, we the surfing distancing department um, made her look younger, and when she's you know present with hiccup she's a little bit older so little things like that they're really cool you just have to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely would do want to see it again i enjoyed it a lot the, the first time uh and especially watching it with my son like we were talking about the stoic scene that was <laughs> because we saw mr peabody and sherman earlier earlier this year which is like a, a good father and son movie and then seeing this too that was pretty good too so that'd pretty, yeah. be, it'd be good for him to see that uh with my wife too because of like the whole uh, son and mother thing that's going on in this film too so yes lots of family bonding especially in the sequence where they're singing and dancing which oh, yeah. I think the crowd loves too it's a fan favorite made the soundtrack <laughs> oh yeah I'll, I'll yeah I'll include that somewhere with the the stoic and Volca songs <laughs> yeah but yeah thank you for for coming on again and talking to us again we enjoy always having you on the show Absolutely. Uh, what, is there a recommendation or anything you would, you would want anybody to check out? Um, what's coming out? I don't even know what's coming out on. Is there anything coming out on DVD? Uh, well, I saw they announced the street date yesterday for Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Oh yeah, that's in October, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a long. Yeah. That's a long time. Like like I nowadays. Know. Yeah. I was I was really surprised that you nowadays they come out like. God, what, six weeks after the movie comes yeah. out? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2 is coming out in August on Blu-ray. Oh um, yeah, Peabody and Sherman, Tom, I don't know if you had a chance to check that one out. Um, no, no, not yet, yeah. Very it looked, cute. It looked good, though. It's yeah. really good. It, I feel like it's really underrated, and um, maybe it's just the release date time wasn't that strong, but it's very cute. It's one of my favorites, and I love Peabody and Sherman to begin with. And the DVD will have the Rocky and Bull Eagle Oh, yeah, I was excited about that. Oh, nice. So, and that is directed by Gary Trousdale, who did Beauty and the Beast, among other things. So you got Lion so, King for the main film, and you got Beauty and the Beast for the short film. Yeah. Directors, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's my plug for Gary. Hi, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have wine together. <laughs> we have a wine club at work, and he's one of the members. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some information behind the scenes of DreamWorks. Uh, yeah, you know... I saw, Mark, that you had Aladdin on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. That was from England, right? Yeah, Stanford uh, went to to the U.K. 
a couple of weeks ago, and he saw it at some store, I guess. And luckily, it's one of those Blu-rays that's, like, multi-regional. So mm-hmm. I, I was able to actually play it on my Blu-ray player, and it looks awesome. So that's supposed to be coming out here soon-ish, right? Yeah, uh, well, it was supposed to come out... A while ago. Last, last year, when Peter Pan came out on Diamond Edition Blu-ray, like, originally... I don't remember which movie it was now. I think it was Lady and the Tramp. I had an insert in there when that Diamond Edition came out that said, Peter, or said Aladdin, uh, spring 2012 or 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, yes, awesome. And then, the like, the next one that came out, it said Peter Pan. I was like, what? I was like, I like Peter Pan, but I wanted Aladdin really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think at this point, Aladdin's going to be the last Diamond Edition one that gets released because Sleeping Beauty is coming out on Blu-ray again yeah. uh, this fall on October 7th, which I'm pretty sure when they announce it, Maleficent is going to be coming out on Blu-ray October 7th as well. Of course. Uh, and then in the spring, I'd want to bet that that's going to be uh, 101 Dalmatians. And then, cool. and then next fall we'll probably be be Aladdin. Well, I'm looking forward to Aladdin. There's my plug for that. Um, <laughs> as well as go see Dragon 2 in theaters yes, because yeah. Transformers opens next weekend and oh, we don't want them to win. Don't go see Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, You've God. Seen You've How seen it. Really? <laughs> it's been done. I know. Oh. I know there's dinosaurs, but save that for Jurassic Park when it comes out next yeah. year. Dragons are better than dino- than robot they, dinosaurs. They are. They are. I agree. Grimlock so, yeah. is better than Toothless. I mean, Toothless <laughs> is better than Grimlock, sorry. Yes. Yes. Did you want to talk about the, the Penguins trailer? or? Penguins? Uh, so, I know they released a new home trailer and a Penguins trailer around the same time. Yeah. And I didn't actually see Dragons in, with public screenings. I've gone to DreamWorks screenings. So, I, I think they're playing on top of that. Um, the Penguins one's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know much, too much about it. I know Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the characters. He plays a wolf called Classified. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool, and I know people love him. He's got a huge following. Honestly, I didn't even know that was him until I looked it up on IMDb. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't, because his voice, the way I hear him, I just picture him as Smog from oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Or, I'm sorry, um, The or Hobbit. Shrug. And he sounds kind of different as a wolf. <laughs> So I was kind of surprised. But I know people love penguins, and they're very funny. It's a whole other movie. It's not like dragons, so it's a comedy. And then I actually really liked the home trailer. Yeah, that looked cool. Too. Really cute. So is that, is that supposed to take place in the, in the the future? I think it's present day. I'm not on it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I haven't worked on it. So you get so wrapped up in your own projects that you yeah. only get information from your friends who are working on other shows or if you do snooping around on our server to look at stuff. So I can't really answer. I think it's today, present day. But they go all over the world, so which is kind of cool. Yeah, it looks cool. The design does look cool. Because like I saw like different like landmarks like floating around in different mm-hmm. parts of that. So it was... So I'm definitely intrigued to like to what the the story is. It'll be the the first thing I ever watch that has uh, Jim Parsons or Rihanna. <laughs> it's also based off a book too. So. Oh yeah, the Happy Smack Day. Yeah. That's what it was originally called too, right? It was called that, and I'm kind of surprised they changed it to Home. I liked Smack Day more. It sounded 
more unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, what is Smect? You know, Home, I feel like we'll get a little bit lost. Like, well, I'm going to go see Home. Like, right. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go see Smect Day. Oh, okay. That's that new movie from DreamWorks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the next things coming out. Um, Penguins will be in the fall, and Home will be in the spring. And uh, go see penguins before you see big hero six because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's gonna be coming out around the same time oh yeah <laughs> yeah because i think what is it big hero six comes out at the beginning of that month and then penguins uh, is uh, like the 23rd or so something like that yeah but i am excited for big hero six i have lots of friends busting their butts on it right now and um the teaser was really cute it it reminded me of the incredibles teaser you guys remember that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Bob, bob parr trying to get into a suit oh i'm hoping with the, the the tv show i don't i don't know if it's going to stay in between one and two or if like oh now that it's coming to netflix if they'll have it be between two and three it's gonna be i can't speak a lot about it but i know it's gonna be kind of um a, a re what is it revamp is that how they say it like reimagining or something or, or just like a re a reboot that kind reboot. of thing not really a reboot but it's gonna it be it'll be different than the first the first you know version of it writers and defenders work yeah i think i mean it's gonna stay it's gonna stay pretty the same but um i don't i can't really speak too much about it so we'll just have to see <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely excited for all the the new dreamworks shows on Netflix, though. So. I know, there's a lot of them coming. Yeah. And we just acquired the rights to Felix the Cat officially, so you're going to see seeing a lot of clothes with him on it. Oh, yeah, I saw, yeah, the, I saw, saw that for that. clothes. Did you guys yeah. see that? Yeah. At the licensing? Yeah. So, but only clothes? Um, yeah, and I'm kind of cool with that because the way Peabody went, <laughs> I don't think the world is ready to see a silent cartoon star in a feature. <laughs> so I, I love Felix I think he's really cool I just unless you're a big nerd like you're not gonna go see a Felix the Cat movie and he's so he's like a Mickey Mouse so you yeah. put his image on something and people identify with it and are like oh that's Felix the Cat but like I feel like that's as much attention that he's gonna get as right. just an image I think, so, I, some, I think I had some video game for like the NES when I was a kid oh really? yeah like where you could do stuff with his bag Oh, yeah. Like, pull stuff out and do stuff like that. Bag of tricks. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. looking forward to Felix clothing. I will definitely be wearing that. Maybe since you guys own, like, all the rights to, like, these different, like, classic characters like that, you could do, like, an amalgamation movie where... Oh, I know. The, like, the, Felix yeah. meets uh, uh, stop-motion Santa Claus <laughs> and Bullwinkle yeah. and uh, Dudley do right. We've got... We have a Skeletor shirt at the store... And a Shira shirt and a He-Man shirt, and a Rock and Bull Eagle shirt right now. So the stuff's finally starting to come out. And when you see that, that's it's it's weird. That's DreamWorks. We own it. So you guys own He-Man and that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Vol- oh, wow. we have Voltron shirts too. Oh. See, that would be an oh, awesome wow. movie. You could have you could have Mr. Peabody Schumann flying one each a part of Voltron, <laughs> and then have Felix doing another part of Voltron. Let's see. It'll be like Smash Brothers with classic media. Right. <laughs> Super awesome. Smash Bros. I love that game. <laughs> Super DreamWorks uh, Smash Bros. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> classic media Smash Bros. That's it. Yeah. That would be cool. You guys could also always release a video game like that, too. 
Yeah. Well, you know, write in your opinions and we'll (laughs) see what happens. I know they're they're working like mad on rebranding all this stuff. So it'll eventually it'll all come out. Things will happen. All right. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll let you go. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, thank you again for for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye. 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 be starting off this segment with animator jennifer harlow so thank you for coming on again jennifer we appreciate it hi thank you very much uh thank you for having me no problem uh and so just to begin i guess how awesome was it to work on how to train your dragon too um it was pretty incredible working on it um i had seen the first film when i was still in school so to be working on uh, the second film uh, was a huge honor, and to work with such a talented group of uh, artists too um, was just a great learning experience for me throughout. Awesome. Well, I guess first I could ask you, just generally, I know you've worked on three films there <clears throat> at DreamWorks. Do you have a favorite? Um, I think I'll. Uh, I've enjoyed each one. Each one has been a different experience. Um, working with different. Um, animators and supervisors along with different directors um each show has been a different style as well uh the crudes was um crudes was my first film and uh that one i always be especially fond of since that was my first like leap into uh feature animation yeah definitely cool. chris sanders too you get a couple of doses of his aw- awesomeness there <laughs> Yes, absolutely. He's a lot of fun to work with. Um, he was always uh, so much fun to show my shots to on the crudes. And um, he's always just so energetic and just enthusiastic for uh, for what new ideas you would bring to the table. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, did, he, did he go into... Uh, oh, wow, not, now his name's escaping. Not Stitch, but from uh, for Belt. Did he go into Belt a lot when he was talking? <laughs> Sometimes I think there's probably one or two instances where he would switch into uh, a different voice. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess going back to the beginning, what what initially got you into animation in the in the first place? Um, I've always drawn as a kid. Um, I was someone that loved Saturday morning cartoons. I'd watch the Warner Brothers and the Disney um, cartoons all the time with my brother. Um, and then on the side, I was always um, just drawing animals. I was drawing cards for family. Um, but uh, it wasn't until high school that I realized you could actually make a career out of cartoons. And I started learning about um, how an animated film is made and the artists, what the artists need to go through between going to like a school and, and uh, working on reels and portfolios and everything you need to kind of jump into the industry. Awesome. Did you uh, did you learn any traditional animation first, or <clears throat> what was your school experience like? Um, yeah, I went to uh, Cal Arts, and uh, throughout my four three and a half years there, uh, I animated traditionally, and then um, as well as uh, animating in Maya. So I kind of spent time between both uh, both mediums. Very cool. 
so I, I saw that like at, at one point you were an intern at Pixar. What was it like going from there as, as an in, intern to eventually being hired on as an animator at DreamWorks? Um, the internship was uh, pretty awesome. Um, it was my first time working with really nice rigs. Um, during my school years, I was kind of finding free rigs online, and those usually have problems. Uh, so to work with, like, the Toy Story characters was uh, really fun because I could just um, go, as, go as far as I could with an idea. Um, I learned a lot about um, how to animate um, on, like, a feature level as far as showing blocking, showing, like, a next pass, and then showing for final. They kind of staged the program to uh, replicate what it would be like to work in a feature environment. Um, and then the, just the environment itself was so creative and uh, lots of movie nights and a lot of fun with the other interns as well. Sounds cool. Yeah, I'm super jealous. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character from How to Train Your Dragon? Um, I enjoyed animating Toothless uh, quite a bit. Um, he's always kind of fun because I enjoy animals. Um, I've had a lot of pets, so it was really easy to relate to him in a way. And so... Uh, getting in there and making little cute expressions on him and um, pulling a lot of just my own personal uh, personal experiences into the dragon was a lot of fun. Yeah, in the first film, he definitely reads a lot like, you know, house cat, dog, really, mm -hmm. <clears throat> really relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we pulled uh, from a lot of different um, animals as far as um, panther, um, cats, uh, definitely dogs as well. Um, mm -hmm. And a little bit of bird here and there, but we saved those animals for some of the other dragons. Well, he's got the new uh, spikes that go down now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the splitting spikes. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> It'll be cool to, to see if he has any other added features that show up like like another film maybe down the line, too, <laughs> that we'll find out. I imagine they're going to keep develop developing them since they've already aged them for the second film. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I'm looking for too. With uh, the eventual third one is uh, maybe like how much farther like along that one will be. Maybe Hiccup will be have, have a nice sweet stoic beard by the time we see him again. <laughs> no more stubble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, that was one of my favorite scenes. Not to because I'm gonna try to keep this episode as spoiler free as possible for people. Mm -hmm. But I like there was one scene uh, where. Uh, there's an interaction with Hiccup and someone's rubbing his face and, and you, there's a nice close-up shot of the stubble on his face and I thought that was cool too. Uh, the other thing with, uh, was it fish legs and, and snout lout, both grew the facial hair too, but they didn't do it all that well. Oh, to impress uh, Roughnut, the yeah. female twin? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny as well. Uh, so what kind of inspires you when you do animate and work on the different films you have? Um, always talking with the director and hearing, um, what they have in, in their minds as far as just the characters and the stories. Um, I'm always trying to, uh, when it comes to like comedy shots, I'm always just trying to really get that laugh. Like I want, um, just that genuine reaction, um, to really hit when the, when the shot shows for the very first time. And then it's, um, a really cool feeling when they keep laughing each time it repeats on itself. So even on the third or fourth time, people are still laughing at the comedy stuff. That's <laughs> uh, uh, really. I have to commend you too, with, with because the acting for the dragons is like toothless, especially like being one of the main characters, is all 
on you as, as the animator since he doesn't talk or anything like that. So definitely you guys did a, a great job with him in the film because he really reads as, you know, like another just as important character as, you know, like Hiccup or Stoic or, or anybody else in it. So a great job. Oh, cool. Thank you. I mean, I worked with a, a great team of animators. There were about um, four of us that worked with Toothless and uh, Dane and Leaf did a lot of great work with him between the first film as well and working with Simon Otto um, to really get Toothless to read as uh, as that memorable character from the first film. <laughs> what has been your, your favorite scene so far to animate um, at, at DreamWorks or on How to Train Your Dragon 2? Um, well, like on The Croods, I got to do uh, some stuff with the puppets that show up in the film. Um, Guy, one of the characters, is uh, trying to get out of the tar pits with Grug, and they build this um, fake little tiger puppet. And so it was really fun doing these overly dramatic damsel in distress um, poses on this, this little stick puppet thing as it's screaming and flailing around. Uh, so that was always a lot of fun to work on. Um, mm -hmm. And then with uh, Dragons 2, uh, one of my favorite uh, shots to work on uh, was when uh, Toothless is being harassed by the baby dragons. They're, like, pulling on him, chewing on him, licking him, okay. uh, chewing on his tail at one point. Um, so that was a lot of fun to figure out and give the little new dragons their own little creative spin since they weren't in the first one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, is it important that each of the dragons kind of have their own feel even if they're a very minor character um it helps me definitely um because it just takes like a little character that just kind of comes on screen and gives it this little spark um so like for instance with the baby dragons i was looking at puppies um and even chickens and so just kind of feeding that into the characters just made it a lot of fun for me personally and then when others saw it they kind of picked up on those little those little quirky attributes and and liked it too <laughs> oh yeah uh, are there any like funny stories or anecdotes you can think of from while you've been at DreamWorks or specifically uh, while working on How to Train Your Dragon too? Uh, just like funny behind the scenes stories? Yeah. Um, we usually on Dragons 2, there were occasional outtakes that people would animate differently so that the characters died, which was kind of oh, funny. Oh, <laughs> so there are just like a couple moments where like, Characters are falling, and then we animate them differently so that they actually splat and hit the ground. <laughs> oh, no. So that was, like, a weird uh, kind of dark sense of humor on the show. But it was very um, – they would just kind of slip it into daily, so they wouldn't tell anyone that they were going to show the outtake and then just play it to get Dean, like, to get a genuine <sighs> response from Dean because he, <laughs> he would lose it, and the whole room would crack up, too, because we were not expecting <laughs> – Something to uh, happen. <laughs> can we see that on the DVD? <laughs> I hope it makes it on there. It'd be really fun. <laughs> so what what would you like to see happen in a, in a third film if you were to work on that one too? Um, I think it's really great how the characters keep developing. Um, the world is just so uh, expansive and the story, the, the situations and the adventures uh, at such a scale. I'm really curious to see what they do with the third film um, as far as battles and um, where the stakes are at. Uh, so that'd be cool to see. <laughs> do you have any like uh, <clears throat> aspirations or anything to move into story or anywhere else? Or do you like animation? Um, I really enjoy animating. Um, at CalArts, I 
I uh, worked on student films, and so I, I spent time working on storyboards and uh, character design and kind of getting a feel for what other departments would be doing. But it was always animation that I would come back to. I really enjoy um, just working with just drawings, or in this case, zeros and ones, really. And then when you hit play, just this performance comes out that you react to, even though it's all make-believe. I think that's a lot of fun. Awesome. Definitely. What's the, the next film you're going to be working on at DreamWorks? Um, right now I'm working on Boo. Oh, nice. um, that'll be out next summer. Nice. I'm looking forward to that one. With the, is that uh, Seth Rogen and Melissa McCarthy, right? Yes, yes, and Bill Murray, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a really fun, uh, cartoony show. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that comes together, too. You, you worked on Mr. Peabody and Sherman, right? Yes, I did. That's a pretty cool one, too. That was fun. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun um, as well. The style was uh, a little different than, like, the Croods. Croods was a little more naturalistic, and so jumping onto Peabody, it was a little more uh, cartoony and um, yeah. really hitting poses and really just appealing appealing stuff with, like, Sherman and uh, Peabody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, when we did our uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman episode, we, uh, I think... Michael Amos, who we'll have on later in this episode, was talking about how fun it was to animate Sherman just because his face was so, like, just kind of, like, lovable to look at. Oh, yeah, Sherman was great. Even in just default pose, when everything was set to zero, there was still just this factor of, like, oh, he's so cute. And then when he started making him move and, like, emote, like, that's when it would just hit a new level. Like, it was very... He was a lot of fun to work with just from how appealing that rig, that character was. So what would be like your, your dream project to work on if, if you could choose any anything you were, were to do? Um, offhand, um, I can't think of anything immediately. I always enjoy like creature animation um, and then also uh, a little more cartoony style. Like it's a lot of fun kind of pushing things and really getting those squash and stretch uh, frames into the characters. Um, but as far as like a storyline or certain specifics, I really can't say because I've just learned so much just on the few films I've worked on that I'm pretty open to what would be down the line. Awesome. Do you have a, <clears throat> an affinity for traditional still since you learned it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I love to go drawing. I always have a sketchbook with me. Um, even when I'm animating, I'm usually doing little thumbnails to help plan a shot out. Um, it's still just my little go-to, and I enjoy just picking up the pencil and being able to draw something out immediately rather than thinking about gimbal lock or, like, FKIK or any of that stuff. It's just nice to draw it and not have to think about how it's going to translate in CG sometimes. Yeah. Very cool. Uh and then would would you ever be interested in doing stop motion as well? Or, or yeah, it... no, I, I definitely, uh, I would be pretty interested. Like, I love what, I, what I've been seeing um, recently, just in the past couple of years with the stop motion films coming from, like, Paranorman and Coraline. Um, those films are just so appealing, and I really respect um, the fact that they are done with stop motion. Um, I never got a chance to really try it at school, um, but it did some like I had classmates that would do it, and it was just fascinating to talk to them and just hear about their their workflow and a little behind the scenes to how they you know did a performance or how the stop motion all came together. Definitely, I like some of the things that I've been able to see too. Like that's like possible with the CG animation, where 
like I had I had recently watched Ernest and Celestine, and mm. I didn't realize that that movie was actually CG animated. It's, oh, um, I think that was uh, animated in Flash. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I guess it was like a mix of like Flash and like and CG. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just think that's cool. Like that, there's so much, like that, like with CG animation that you can do where it doesn't always necessarily need to look three dimensional. You can do all this cool different stuff with it, and like especially uh, when I, I saw you guys were, were doing me and my shadow. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that comes out still. Uh, yeah. did, did you get to work on that at all? Uh, no, well, I never was... had a chance to, but um, I know a lot of people who did um, were working on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking... excited about yeah. the uh, <clears throat> kind of the same vein, the Peanuts movie mm-hmm. uh, with, with Blue Sky looks really interesting. Oh, yeah, no, it's really inspiring seeing what um, other studios are doing to kind of push CG to, like, the next level as far as the styles. And then as well, like, just student work. Um, seems like the students are just diving in there and they don't care what has been done they just kind of want to meet a vision that's in their head as far as really pushing what cg's capable of definitely <clears throat> yeah uh and then usually each episode when when, when we have a i guess when we, have, we ask for a recommendation mm-hmm. I, I, but i bet i can guess what yours will be what, what would you like to recommend this week um for this week i uh i would have to recommend um to go see uh how to train your dragon 2 <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not trying to be too biased, but I, I did really enjoy working on the film, but also just watching watching the film itself. It's a it's a great film and the friends and family that have seen it have all just said um how proud they are of it and thought it was Oh you've got so. great <laughs> great reviews too. It's a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I'd have to agree as well that it's uh right now it's my favorite film of the year. You probably hear me say that again in different parts of this episode, uh, but yeah, that's right now. It's definitely my my, my favorite film so far. It's come out. I thought it was it was fantastic. I, I liked uh, the new lighting system mm-hmm. that you guys use in it too. The the lighting was was beautiful, and I liked just the way all the different shots were composed. And it was really impressive where like some of the scenes with like all the moving characters <laughs> on the scene uh, on the screen at once. So. Def- I have to commend you guys on all fronts for every part of the film. It was, it was a, a great movie. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for the support. And, um, no, it's always great hearing back uh, to see what everyone else thinks after having worked on it for or seeing it in production for so long. It's great that it's now out there for everyone to enjoy. Definitely. <laughs> I just think it's really cool that you are <clears throat> that you took the time to talk to us big time. Um, I'm an animation student also. And it's inspiring to hear somebody who loves the art form doing it. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I, I do want to thank you again for coming out. I do really appreciate it immensely. Oh, well, thank you so much. No, you guys are very welcome. Um, it was uh, definitely an honor to be a part of and um, great talking with you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.
that's our show for the day. Hope you enjoyed our our segments talking with Jess E4 and Jennifer Harlow. Uh, don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Viber, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I am at Tom Fons, T-O-M-F-O-N-S-S. And you can also check out uh, Jessica Worski on Twitter, who is at J-E-S-S-W-E-R-S-K-Y. Or the show at Animated Podcast. And also feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our site. We can find all the latest news that we're going to be posting every day from Stanford and Jessica and everyone else that's writing up there. We're getting some new writers soon, so look out for that. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. We're almost to 800 likes, so we just need about yeah. 25 more or 24 more, I think, right now to, to get that. So tell your friends. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm Mark Weber for myself, Matt Quest, Tom Fons, Jessica Worski, and our guests, Jesse Forer and Jennifer Harlow. Thank you guys for listening and make sure to tune in again next time. Later guys. Bye. Jeez, it's been a while since uh, I've been on here. Like six months. Yeah, dude, been busy. Really busy. All right, hello again, everyone. Oh, poop, man, there's a blooper. Gosh darn it. It's weird to start the episode near the end of it. So, it'll be oh, weird man. you're like with me in the entire yeah. episode. Up I'm out of here. And then you come back at the end after that. Yeah, I don't need this. But, huh, I have lost my voice. I work on an attraction at Disneyland where I talk all day. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, a lot of times, I lose my voice. Oh. <laughs> I can only imagine like what obscenities uh, were were screamed when that, that hit your eye. Yeah, it hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> coo, coo, coo. Animation fascination. The epic.